Welcome to our podcast Call of Duty Real Soldiers Real Stories and wishing all our listeners a very very happy Diwali As promised we are back with the next episode of our conversation with Wing Commander Rakesh Sharma So hold on here on and enjoy In conversation with my co-producer Poonam Joshi So now we come to the final day your eight glorious days in space after all the training was done we are all ears now to listen to the story of those eight days once again it was learning on the job because you cannot replicate zero gravity on earth you can't replicate it for more than 20 seconds any aviator would know what uh, zero gravity is Uh, during the maneuvers you do go through very short periods of it uh, but even in training you we never trained for more than 20 seconds of zero gravity in a transport aeroplane so everything had to be learned on the job all the changes physiological changes that occur due to the lack of gravity we we did have a sense of that during training but only a sense so one had to get used to working in that environment It's only then one could understand why the Soviets insisted on test pilots because the test pilots are trained to adapt to different environments. So it was part of our training. Today you're flying this aeroplane, tomorrow you're flying another one. So uh, adaptation, we've already been tested and then trained for in our core careers. So I, I would say that we learned pretty quickly on the job. So after the training so you were now in the real place where you were trained to go how was your day a normal day in space what did you do to keep yourself you know happily engaged in space did you ever feel lonely or scared i'm curious to know well i didn't feel lonely primarily because there were three guys already up there in the laboratory and three of us went and joined them So there were six of us milling around in that cylinder, which was just about fifty feet long, and constantly getting in each other's way. So we weren't feeling lonely, that's for sure. Uh, as regards uh, keeping ourselves busy, because this whole game is so expensive, each and every minute of yours is being curated, uh, so that uh, everybody gets their money's worth. So we were very very busy, either. carrying out the experiments noting down the results re- removing the equipment which we had used getting ready for interviews which left us no time to press our nose against the windows and watch the world go by which is why i would not mind going back into space but as a tourist this time so in addition to carrying out all the experiments and all that you were doing i have also heard that you did some yoga poses there Tell us the experience of yoga in microgravity. I'm sure it was different from what you do now here in Kunur. Yeah, it was different. In fact, it was I would say a bit underwhelming. The reason being that when you're in space, you cannot root yourself to the ground, you're floating. So we had to design a very elaborate harness with elastic cords to try and replicate gravity. So although I was doing those asanas against the tension being provided by those elastic cords 
but maintaining balance was difficult because everything is floating around you so are you so i would say it wasn't the same as doing it on earth however at least it gave us an idea of uh, what the difficulties were and, and if it had to be repeated again uh, i'm sure we'd do a better job that's with yoga there's something very interesting that i found out when i was reading about you and that is that you carried some indian food to space it was some halwa some pulao was it some kind of a food craving or the you know that patriotic connect with indian food far away in space was it comforting well that is the day that fake news started we just carried some uh, am papar some mango juice because the russians were very very finicky because microbiological standards are extremely stringent uh, it wouldn't do to carry microbes up into the space station where uh, cosmonauts are occupying it setting up world records because if they fall ill and have to return back prematurely then there'll be a lot of explaining to do to the auditors <laughs> so that's why we took only these two items yes uh, uh, the technology was perfected by the defense food research laboratory in mysore and it has it was never wasted nothing is ever wasted during innovative exploration the same techniques were used to support our troops in siachen and things over the months so whatever it was it was useful i'm happy i asked this question because uh, fake news has been checked here but i still want to know what did you eat there are you a vegetarian no <clears throat> i wasn't a vegetarian uh, though today i am but uh, you'll be surprised we could choose from 80 dishes it's zero uh, thank god for uh, psychologists they felt that food is an important part of morale which it is and uh, so there were there was tin stuff there were various kinds of breads honey bread mustards there's uh, juices there's biryani uh, you know even the southern republics of of soviet union were fond of uh, biryani and rice and uh, i mean you could you could choose uh, curate your own meal and uh, there was an oven on board and you could uh, heat your stuff and have a good three course four course meal if you wish only thing is that uh, while eating it in between portions you had to keep the tin under an elastic strap otherwise it used to fly away from you so that took a bit of doing but when you're hungry you know you find ways to fill your stomach you're right food is a very integral part of keeping the morale high so another very important thing i remember reading somewhere is that you spotted fire in burma while in space and you reported about it what happened thereafter thereafter i guess uh, i don't know what was going on in then burma and today myanmar if it was legit they would have put it out but if it wasn't legit the politicians or whoever was involved in burning down that part of the forest they, they wouldn't be too happy about this report that was a close society at that time the army had probably just taken over so the media was kind of muzzled then nothing happened not that i heard of but whatever i saw it and i reported it 
So finally you landed at Kazakhstan on the 11th of April and all the felicitations thereafter happened. Honor of the hero of the Soviet Union, Ashok Chakra, the highest peacetime award. Let's hear about this. I would say that all of that was par for the course. Whoever has been into space in the Soviet Union does get the hero of the Soviet Union, the Order of Lenin, which is a friendship uh, medal. And uh, of course, uh, coming back to India, not only I, but my two uh, crewmates also got the Ashok Chakra. Ravish got the Kirti Chakra and his two crewmates also got the Kirti Chakra. You're a very humble and modest person. And a thought has been, you know, persistently nagging me. And it's about your spirituality, your faith that kept you motivated in all that you have done. Because where you went, you know, into the unknown, the fear may have crept in. But I'm sure uh, there's something that kept you grounded. What was that? I would like to listen to that part of your personality. I would say I'm not a temple-going person. Uh, Talking about faith, I I, I do believe that it's a very, very private thing. And I respect everybody's faith. There are some who need faith as a crutch. There are some who don't. I I won't say I don't need it. The thing is that uh, I think what is equally important is attitude. In the sense that I believe that if, if there are things which are not under your control, there's no point sweating over it and getting worried. Because worry can only degrade your performance. It cannot improve it, which is not the same as being tense about something which you've not done before. Like I said earlier, you do need an optimum amount of tension to perform well. But uh, as to what's going to happen, if you're you're not in control, then you you don't have to worry about it. If you're sitting in the spacecraft and you know your life is being controlled by computer programs, uh, no amount of worrying is going to debug a program if there is a bug in that software. Simple. So that means you live in the present moment. You do not fume or fret about the past or the future, which is such a beautiful thing. I also read that you are a very avid photographer. I'm sure you must have taken a lot of pictures of our motherland from space. I don't know about the technology, but I'm sure you did. Tell us something interesting about those pictures or whatever you saw from the space, our country. We are all blessed to be born in this country. And it's not only what this country stands for, it's not only its history and culture, it is also the natural beauty that has been endowed, which is a part of this country. And I don't say that, it's, it's not a jingoistic attitude. It is, it is the truth, reason being that Our country has got everything. Long coastlines, we've got hills, valleys, deserts, plains, rivers, forests, all kinds of colors and textures. We have the Himalayas, we've got snow-capped mountains there. There is nothing that we don't have. And, and, And that's what's great about our country. And that is, it looks beautiful from space and you take only about three to four minutes to across the length of the country. So it's a, it's a constant uh, beauteous landscape which is going under you in the opposite direction. That's our country. It doesn't only look good, it, it stands for deeper meaning, the way to live. And I think if there's anything this world needs today, really, is peace. We've seen enough of conflict 
And when you are in space, you don't get to see any boundaries. That does, uh, you know, make you work along a certain line and it changes your attitude. Actually, nature has no boundaries. The boundaries are all man-made. And I'm sure the sight from the heavens above must have been so beautiful. I can just imagine. I wish I could travel there someday. A very distant dream. After retirement, you joined HAL, the Hindustan Aeronautics Limited, as the chief test pilot. And here you had a very narrow escape in an accident, but you came out unscathed. It was a MiG-21 test flight. What had happened? Uh, the engine quit on me at that time. I was testing it and I was low. There was not enough uh, height to restart the engine. I did uh, attempt to restart it twice. I was by that time so low that either I stayed and perished with the aircraft or abandoned it. So I, I ejected and on the way down, my parachute got entangled in high tension cables and I busted my ankle in four places. So it required surgery. So it wasn't quite unscathed. I did have to go through uh, surgery and a rehabilitation for about two and a half months, three months. But I did uh, go back to my just flying career after that for more years because I was hung up on being a part of the Tejas project, the light combat aircraft, which I did work on for eight long years, but in Bangalore. And uh, that was again, I think, the crowning part of my test flying career. Although I would have loved to have done the first flight, but I outgrew that project because uh, I was 52 when I finished my test flying career. About 50, they believe that your reflexes do slow down, uh, slow down enough not to be able to deal with the challenges which a modern uh, fighter aeroplane would present during its uh, design and development phase. The 3rd of April is a historical day and as Indians, we all take pride in your achievement. But I believe that there is an ardent fan, a strong patriot in Ahmedabad, who for many years has been sending you congratulatory cards on this day. Is that true or is it part of the gossip? Yeah, it is true. He's a Panwala and uh, not only on the 3rd of April, but from 1985 onwards, on my birthday, on New Year's Day, and on the launch day, he used to send three cards, irrespective of where I was, posted. And uh, he used to send it by the Indian Post and Telegraph Department. There were no couriers initially at that time. And the beautiful part was that it used to arrive precisely a day before that particular event. And sorry to report that he's no more. He's passed away about eight, nine months ago. But uh, when I went to Ahmedabad, I did feel the need to go and meet with him. He knew where I was because I used to reply to his cards and his greetings. And uh, it's sad that he's no more. He may have been a Panwala, but he was right up there following the Indian space program. And he knew exactly which launch is happening when. He was just interested in space. Kailash Singh Hirash Singh Chauhan was his name. I'm so happy that I asked this question and that I could get the name of the person. 
I'm really honored with this answer and I am very touched. The next thing that comes to my mind and it says, what is your relationship with space? Does it still beckon you? Would you want to travel again to the mystical space, which many of us just read about any special memory attached to the space? You know, contrary to everybody's belief, space is uh, a great place to visit. But Earth is where we are lucky to be living. And therefore, it's really important to save our planet from the environmental degradation that's happening. It's not easy to set up shop anywhere else. At the moment, there is nowhere else. We've just about started exploring our celestial neighborhood, but the environment there is hostile. We'll have to do a lot to recreate an environment where humans can survive. So one way to look at it is if yesterday's science fiction has become today's reality, then why not today's science fiction becoming tomorrow's reality? So humans will keep exploring. They will keep pushing the boundaries. But I, I do believe that it will take quite a, quite a few generations before we can enjoy the, the natural beauty and the kind of lives we are living here on planet Earth. We do not know or we do not realize and we do not appreciate how lucky we all are. So that is my view. So space, like I said, should be telling us our position in the universe. It should tell us the limitations of conflict. It should remind us that for us to continue to exist as a species, we need to cooperate rather than confront each other. This is what space means to me. And I do believe that we can leverage space to improve our lives here on Earth exactly like what ISRO is doing for India. I would like space exploration of the globe to do for all people on our planet. That is what I would like to see happen. May what you wish come true because it is much needed in today's times, the peace, the togetherness, the harmony, which for some reason is lost. At this point of time, I would want you to give a message for the youth, for the listeners. Well, I'd, I'd just like to tell them that there is only one mantra and, and that is find out what you're passionate about. Because if you can do that, then you'll never get bored doing what you're doing. Secondly, you will always find the energy to continue doing what you're doing. Thirdly, never bother whether or not you're being rewarded for it because your compensation is just being part of the team which is doing the kind of job which you yourself have chosen. And for heaven's sake, you're getting paid for it <laughs> while, while you're doing it. So don't look who's getting what by the side. Just be happy and thankful that you are who you are. All of us are born with different potentials, different capabilities. The only thing we can do is to make sure that we realize our individual potential, whatever it may be. That's what I would like to tell our youth. Thank you for this lovely message. But before I end, I want to listen to those magical lines written by Iqbal, which you spoke about 
to our then Prime Minister Indira Gandhi. I would like you to hum them for me, for all of us. You know, I sing like a frog, much more beautiful than the music of those lines is the content of that poem, which people somehow do not go beyond the first paragraph and it's too long to repeat now, but I would urge everybody to read the entire poem. And I think that that describes our country better than what we've heard anybody else describing, you know? That is what Sare Jahan Se Achha is all about. And we belong to that country and that's who we were and we must strive once again to rediscover our culture as it existed then. I think that's the biggest message that you have just given. Our country is like none other. And somehow we fail to see the glory of our country. And Sare Jahan Se Achha Hindostan Hamara Iqbal wrote these lines so many years ago. I will again revisit it and I'm definitely going to sing it to my granddaughter who is here with me now because she needs to know. And with this, yeah. I thank you so much, Wing Commander Rakesh Sharma, for being on our podcast. We are indeed filled with deep sense of gratitude. And thank you so much once again. Jai Hind. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of our podcast, Call of Duty, Real Soldiers, Real Stories. And if you have any queries, do write to us on podcastcallofduty at gmail.com. And do not forget to like our Facebook page, Call of Duty, Real Soldiers, Real Stories. And do follow us on Instagram on Call of Duty Podcasts. Keep listening.